0: Crime and Court USA is independently funded and is made possible by listeners like you. If you would like to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash USA and make a monthly pledge that's right for you. Thank you for your support of unbiased and independent news content. in court usa today is august 10th 2021 i'm your host mundo carrillo it's a uh, it's wildfire wildfire season here out west so my heart goes out to all the people affected by the Dixie Fire in California. Lots of devastation, lots of people having to be evacuated, lots of people losing their homes, lots of people losing their possessions, losing their property. So yeah, my heart goes out to uh, one of the state's all-time biggest fires. I feel like I hear that all the time every year. California has one of the biggest fires in state history. So um, my heart goes out to all you Californians. The smoke is drifting over here to New Mexico. So i um, My allergies have been killing me lately. Lots of smoke kind of lingering here as well. So a lot of people being affected here, whether they have allergies or asthma or whatever. Luckily here in New Mexico, we don't have too bad of a fire season. It has rained a lot, but you know, other places out West, man, if you know, you know, it's fire season and uh, yeah, hopefully we get out of this one without too much damage. Before we get going, uh, I should say that I started a Patreon page. So if you can go over to uh, patreon.com slash Crab and Court USA and pledge a monthly amount that's right for you, I would greatly appreciate it. Like I said, I quit my job to pursue this, so um this is how I want to make my living now, guys. It takes a lot of time to uh to research and edit these episodes, so um, if y'all can give whatever you want to give. I would greatly appreciate that. So let's move on. Let's get into the biggest story of the day, shall we? And that is... New York Governor Andrew Cuomo stepping down, announcing his resignation from the office after just a hailstorm of stuff just coming down on him, starting with the 165-page report from the state attorney general's office, in which the investigators spoke with 11 women who all claimed sexual harassment against the governor. A lot of different stuff, unwanted touching, inappropriate comments, kissing, a lot of weird stuff. I, I, I glanced over the report yeah, just a lot of a lot of weird stuff. A lot a lot of just a lot of touching in in weird sexual places and a lot of kissing, a lot of hugging, a lot of weird comments like asking about the women's sex lives, about their boyfriends, girlfriends, stuff like that. A lot of inappropriate stuff, very inappropriate. So that came out, that of course led to a lot of people to call for him to resign, including from President Joe Biden and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, the New York State Assembly said it was a Looking into impeachment, and they were probably going to introduce articles of impeachment soon. So all of this is piling on to him, plus threats of a lawsuit from one of his alleged victims. Just was too much. A lot of people said this was going to happen anyway. So he announced he would step down in 14 days. After which, Lieutenant Governor Kathleen Hochul will be sworn in to replace him. Cuomo was in his third term as governor. So he's been governor for 10 years. They don't have term limits there, I guess. So he'll be stepping down in about two weeks, it looks like. So again, last week, this uh, 165-page report came out with very detailed stuff from these women about different instances that got prosecutors in Albany county and in Manhattan to start criminal investigations. And over the weekend or late last week, one of those accusers, 32-year-old Brittany Camiso, she filed a criminal complaint in Albany County. And so that got, an, that got the criminal investigation going there as well. And on Monday, August 9th, she actually was uh, interviewed on CBS this morning. She gave a couple of accounts of inappropriate behavior as well. She said one time the governor touched her backside While while they were taking a selfie together, he suggested that they take a selfie together, according to her. And another time, he reached his hand underneath her blouse and touched her breasts over her bra. So on top of like weird stuff, weird comments, weird touching, stuff like that, inappropriate touching, the report also found that Cuomo and his aides and his executive aides unlawfully retaliated against one of the women by planning to disseminate information to discredit her so basically you gotta run a smear campaign and that woman Lindsay Boylan said she was going to uh, file a lawsuit she vowed to file a lawsuit so yeah they found um that, that he uh, unlawfully retaliated against her by doing that now this is a crime and legal show so let's talk about legal matters shall we so as far as the criminal stuff Cuomo faces. Based on what I've read and based on what I've researched, it seems like at that most he faces misdemeanors for the touching and the groping, right? But where he really might get into some real legal trouble is in civil litigation. Like with this woman here, Lindsay Boylan, discriminating against her, or retaliating against her, rather, after she uh, she spoke out against it publicly back in December, she wrote on Twitter that he sexually harassed her, and then back in February she wrote an essay on Medium where she went into detail. She said she uh Oh, sorry. She said the governor kissed her in his Manhattan office unwantedly So, anyways, that retaliation, that uh, the anti-whistleblower stuff—that's where you can sue people, <laughs> you know, if your case is strong enough. I don't know how strong these these cases are, but um, yeah. I mean, I was sure, oh, I'm sure. sure. The 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 attorney general in the report saying that it's uh, that they find that she was retaliated against. That's you know, that's some strong evidence there, some strong discovery. But yeah, I think that's kind of where he, uh, he may find himself in trouble is if he created a hostile work environment. That's another thing that the Attorney General's report found too, was that he created a hostile work environment for these women to the point where that it was better for them to uh, just endure the uh, sexual harassment than to speak out about it because speaking out about it was worse with the repercussions that they would take, you know, just the constant hostile work environment, right? So that's kind of where they have the case, I feel like. But who knows? Now, on top of all this, on top of possible criminal charges, which again, nothing's been filed, right? No criminal charges and no civil suits. Nothing's been filed though. It looks like at least one civil suit's gonna be filed. Nothing's been filed so far. So nothing of the like has been filed yet. But on top of all this, he does face some other stuff. The feds are looking into whether his administration submitted false data to the federal government regarding nursing home deaths during the pandemic. So whether they covered up the actual number of nursing home deaths during the COVID-19 pandemic, and New York State Attorney General Letitia James is looking into whether he used state resources to help him finish a memoir about how he handled the pandemic. Apparently, he directed staff members to help him edit drafts of the book. That seems criminally anyways that seems more serious maybe than the sexual harassment stuff because depending on how much time and money was put into it those might be uh felonies there if like hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars was put into that that's um you could argue that's um a big misuse of public funds but i'm not i'm not entirely sure by the way guys i know i talk about a, a lot of legal stuff on this podcast i'm not a lawyer by the way this is called from experience covering the legal system, please do not, do not take what I say uh, in, in stone because I'm not a lawyer. Anyhow, those are kind of my thoughts there. That's my analysis that if they do find that they used like a lot of time and money to edit those drafts of the memoir, that's uh you know, they could really get them hard on that one criminally. What a, what a fall, what a rapid fall from grace that was. I remember he was kind of getting praised for how he was handling the uh, COVID nineteen stuff, and how his state was handling it. Now, ever since uh, the sexual harassment stuff came out and all these other investigations, he uh, he's no longer going to be governor. So, as people predicted, I mean, once this once this report came out, people thought he was done for, and uh, they were they were kind of right. People he pretty much has no political allies. And I know this isn't a political show; this is a crime show. But uh, it seems like all all his allies kind of dropped out. People in his inner circle probably told him to, he just needs to step aside and. Uh, this looked inevitable. Let's move on to another governor that's facing some legal some legal challenges. Officials in San Antonio and Bexar County, Texas, have uh, filed a lawsuit against Texas Governor Greg Abbott after he uh, issued a ban on local governments from issuing mask requirements. So San Antonio and Bexar County, which is uh, where uh, San Antonio is located, have asked for a temporary restraining order so they can require masks in public schools. So I've just been kind of fascinated by this whole masks and vaccine kind of thing and where they kind of fall in the courts. They're falling in state courts, right? So it's kind of hard to keep track of all of them and kind of, you know, present them in one episode. But I've been following them in general, and it's pretty fascinating, particularly with vaccines and stuff. Because, you know, you can't really... A lot of states have loosened their mask requirements as far as wearing them indoors and stuff. But the schools are the last place where... They're pretty much being mandated in some instances, right? Like here in San Antonio, they're pretty much mandated. And I think here in New Mexico, they're they're mandated in public schools as well. So that's kind of the last, the final place where they're being required. So uh, I'm just keeping my eye on that. And again, they're in state court. So the University of Indiana, I think some students there asked the uh, U.S. Supreme Court to Put a halt to their vaccinate to the university's vaccination plan there to get a, all students vaccinated. I don't know if the court will hear that or what'll come of that, but I'll keep my eye on that. But as far as what I've seen, it's, a lot of stuff's being challenged in state court, so I'll keep my eye on these as they go forward. I think it's pretty interesting. And finally, I'm a little late to this one, but uh, I think I shouldn't mention it because I'm also keeping my eye on the January 6th Capitol attack. (laughs) That's another one that's like a huge, huge story and I don't know how to uh, cover it as a whole, so I guess I'll just cover it as news comes out on it. So the Washington Post had a story on the first two men taking guilty pleas in assaulting officer charges out of that case. Now, a lot of people have pleaded guilty to charges in that case, but mostly it's been uh, demonstrating inside the Capitol or trespassing or things like that. But these two guys, 44 year old Scott Fairlam of Sussex, New Jersey, and 28 year old Devlin Thompson of Seattle, these are the first two guys to plead guilty to charging, I'm sorry, to assaulting or impeding Capitol officers on that day in January. And they both face three to five years in prison. So Fairlam, Who is a former mixed martial arts competitor admitted to shoving and punching a dc police officer a video that was submitted by a concerned citizen to the fbi showed him shoving and punching (laughs) a police officer outside the capitol just like he admitted to doing and another video showed him climbing scaffolding outside of the capitol and mr thompson he admitted to using a baton to strike at an officer. Other items used to strike officers, not by Thompson, included bear spray, tasers, javelins, clubs, bats, and the officer's own riot shield. I, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, when the officers testified at one of those congressional hearings about getting tased by his own taser. Sounds pretty horrifying. That case is ridiculous. <laughs> I think I saw recently that over 600 people have been charged, so a lot a lot of cases moving through the system on that one. That'll probably take a while to all get straightened out. We'll keep following in that as that goes along, because that is a historic case. I mean, lots of people storming the Capitol. <laughs> oh boy, that is about all I want to talk about today. So, please remember to share the podcast with your friends share it with your enemies, rate and review on um, podcast services. Hit me up on Twitter at Mundo Carillo. Hit up the page on Facebook, facebook.com slash USA. Hit up the Patreon, patreon.com slash USA. My name is Mundo, and I'm out. Peace.